0: dream It's become a nightmare Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town Like a cancer that's silently spreading There's an unspoken fear We're on our way down
1: we must take America back. Main Street America. We must take America back. I'm Peter Serping, broadcasting from my home studio in downtown Belfont, Pennsylvania. Worldwide as National Intel Report, live on Republic Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 50 Radio, Patriot Nation Radio Network, and any place else you might happen to hear or see the show. Welcome to two hours of common sense and constitutional discussion. Tonight, I've got Brent Hamachek, Common Ground Campus, and brenthamachek.com, and humanevents.com. Entrepreneur extraordinaire, Brent Hamachek, going to join us at the bottom of this first hour, so roughly the 6.30 Eastern time frame, if you're watching or listening live. And then uh, at the top of the second hour, supposed to be Dave Summerall, but Dave Summerall's and He's going to be in the deserts of Colorado about Showtime, so he set me up with one of his colleagues over at Stomp8.com, and that's Tamara Lee, and she's going to be joining us at the top of the second hour, so roughly 7 o'clock, Brent Hamajek and Tamara Lee, it should be a good and fun, exciting show. I got some other exciting news to share, and uh, well, it's, it's a little on the personal side, My newest book, a more tyrannical king that just came out like uh, a little less three weeks ago, two weeks ago, something like that. On Amazon right now, as I'm broadcasting here Thursday night, it is the number 17 bestseller book under comparative politics. That's exciting to me. I'm, I'm hoping that maybe just for a minute we can hit number one. Help me out with that. Well, you go to Amazon and buy a copy of a a more tyrannical game. And if you can't buy a copy, which, by the way, it's available in a hardcover, it's available in a paperback, it's available in an ebook, blah, blah, blah. But if you don't want to buy one and you want to take your chances that maybe luck might be on your side, you can go to liberty- a lighthouse.com and click the win a book button right at the top of the page and we're going to be giving out some books tonight on the show. So I give them out live on air. I think I've given out like 20 so far. 25? I don't know. If I did my math right, by the end of show tonight, I should have given away 30 free books. So go to liberty-lighthouse.com Click the win a book link and might win one of the three books tonight on air. Over in the YouTube chat room, someone has just asked when we're going to have Loy Brunson back on. Is there any update? You know, I don't know. I haven't reached out to Loy in a while. I'll have to do that. Let me make a note because my memory sucks. So I'm just going to write down here, Loy Brunson. We will see about getting him back on the show. All right, so that's enough. Yeah, my book's doing pretty good, and uh, you might want to try to win a chance at a book. I I think the thing in the news right now that is hilarious to me, not surprising, but hilarious, is the uh, the Biden administration announcing that they're going to start building some of the border wall down in Texas to me is funny it's not surprising to me because as i've said since joe biden said he was going to run for office joe biden or joe joe biden joe biden he's a puppet of his party he, he has always gone with the political winds of the time he has no stance of his own so when he was inaugurated he said not one more foot of border wall would be built and now he's building border wall now why do you think that is Well, that's because the perspective of his party is changing and he has to change with it because he has no backbone. It's the only thing he knows how to do. Now, if you have a better explanation as to why he might be doing this, feel free to call. This is a live call-in show, 512-248-8252. And if you prefer not to actually be on air but you want to make a comment, you can do that by texting... 646-974-4487, 646 974 4487 that's 64 my rights text 646 974 4487 or call 512 okay so if you remember during well the the 20 15 campaign season up to the 2016 election and then from 2016 to 2020 so for a good five years walls were ineffective and racist and then biden gets elected and opens everything up and now we're building walls again and if you just just a reminder here let's let's listen to what some of our political people had to say about walls over the last few
2: years
3: Build a wall.
2: We do not agree with the building of the wall.
3: A racist and xenophobic wall.
2: Walls don't work in this 21st century. We know that
3: walls don't work, that they don't stop drugs, that they don't stop migration. We spent years investing in a faulty border wall that was never going to be an effective mechanism. Waste taxpayer dollars on an ineffective wall. Again, an ineffective wall that can't even withstand heavy winds. The wall is In my view, immoral, expensive, unwise. We
4: know that walls do not save lives. Walls end lives. There will not
3: be another foot
1: of wall constructed in my administration. I think my favorite one in there was the walls end lives. (laughs) That's funny. Um, So why the flip-flop, right? And not to mention... So it's it's racist and ineffective, uh, but we're going to do it anyway. That, that's basically what Biden said. Just uh, I don't know, yesterday, a day or two ago, whatever. When he was asked about it, why his administration was building the wall, he was asked if he thought it would work, and he said no. He still thinks walls are ineffective, but he's going to do it anyway. And he's blaming Congress because, you know, Congress already appropriated this money. Yeah, well, Congress had already appropriated that money well, before you were elected. You wanted to take the already paid for materials for the wall, sitting there in Texas, just waiting to go up be assembled. You wanted to auction it off for pennies on the dollar. And I'm hoping that that didn't happen. Because now, what we got to go buy more? So let's just take the ineffective one. So, Mr. Biden, you think walls are ineffective. Then why are you doing it? Why are you wasting the taxpayers' money if they're ineffective? Or maybe all of human history finally hit you in the face and you realize that walls are effective. You know the, the Great Wall of China, you know, kept the Mongols out of China for centuries. Every medieval town, every medieval castle had a wall. Because walls work. Many of our lovely, rich politician types live in Gated communities walled off or fenced off from the rest of the world. Pretty sure uh, at least one of Joe Biden's houses has a wall around. So, which is it, Mr. Biden? Are they ineffective and you're wasting our money? Or are they effective and you're just a political liar? I'm leaning toward the latter. I don't know my thoughts on the matter Uh, anyway next part of that so now he's doing it but in order to do it in order to finish the wall or do whatever he's doing with the wall erect a foot I don't know he's got to suspend or waive 26 federal laws or regulations in order to do it so the, the rule of law, well, that doesn't matter when political expedience becomes necessary. It's kind of where we are in the world. That's wrong. There's all kinds of things wrong with this entire situation. We've just touched the surface. But every time I look at the news, every time I look outside my my house i think <laughs> you need right to bear insurance if you own a firearm if you carry a firearm especially you need carry insurance and right to bear is the best carry insurance on the market It is the most affordable carry insurance on the market according to PP tactical go to protect with bear.com and use code lighthouse while you're there save 10 percent off the already most affordable insurance on the market. That's protectwithbear.com code lighthouse. You're listening to Liberty Lighthouse because America is worth saving. So where do we where do we want to go with the conversation? What are your thoughts on this whole not going to build a wall now I'm going to build a wall thing? Or something else. If you've got something else you'd rather talk about, give me a call five one two two four eight eight two five two or text sixty four my rights six four six nine seven four 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 eight seven I uh, my my head kind of exploded in laughter when I saw that Biden was building the wall. And he's trying to say that he has to do it because Congress appropriated that money. Well Congress also passed the laws that says it's illegal to cross our border without going through a port of entry. You haven't been enforcing that law. You chose not to. So why are you choosing to go with this one? All of it. It's all of it. It's because his party is shifting. You've got the Democrat mayors like Mayor Adams of New York, that, that are going to Mexico and going south of Mexico and saying, don't come. you got these same mayors saying that the Biden administration has to enforce the port. Calling Biden and his team out, calling them out for not doing their job. So his party has left him. On this cliff. And it's election season. We're starting to work toward elections. So I personally, I think that immigration is going to be a pretty big issue in the next presidential election. But what's going on? The guy who caused the problem is going to at least pretend to care about it for a little while, during campaign season. He's going to try to make it look like he's doing something. And even, let's say that he can reduce immigration by, heck, let's say he can, he can reduce it by 90%. He? Immigration. I shouldn't even say that. Reduce the invasion by 90%. Immigration. That, that is not immigration. Anyway. Let's say he can reduce it by 90%. He's going to claim that as a win. He's going to say, look, I've got illegal immigration down by 90% from its high. It's the same argument they use with inflation. Oh, inflation is down by half from its high. Yeah, but we don't get that back. You know, we paid the 8% inflation on everything, and then now you've cut it down to 4. Well, it's it's 4% this month. It was still 8% last month. I, it, it didn't go backwards. You just slowed the growth. They did it with the gas prices. Like, whoa, the gas prices are down by 75% over their high of nearly $5. Yeah, but... They're still up over a dollar from when you took office. The messaging of this Biden administration, the messaging that comes out of this White House, it's so dishonest. And I realize the messaging that comes out of almost all politicians is dishonest. But with this guy, it's nobody calls him on it. The mainstream media just lets him go. I don't understand why. Is it just because he's been there for 50 years? Yeah, 50 years. 50 years this year. Joe Biden was elected to the Senate in 1972. Swore in in 1973. He has been elected to the office of president, to a federal office. For about a month longer than I've been alive. And I feel old. It's funny. We've gotten so partisan that we will put, you know, John Fetterman here in my home state of Pennsylvania. We, we put this guy in office and he couldn't string three words together to make a sentence. He went to a did a debate where he needed a screen to be able to read the words because he couldn't speak them or he couldn't understand them spoken. But he's supposed to be able to go to Senate and do his job of listening to the arguments of other senators. People have become so pardonly a D or an R an elephant or a donkey that they would rather put somebody with clear brain damage in office than somebody with the wrong letter behind their name. That is factions. It is parties. It's exactly one of the very prophetic warnings that we we received from our very first president. George Washington's farewell address gave some pretty big warnings in there. And factions was was among them and was some might argue chief among them. But that's what we've done. How do we get past that? I'm not a D or an R. I'm a constitutionalist. I want a government at the federal level who follows the federal constitution. I want a government at the state level that follows their state constitutions. Is it too late for that? Is that change too radical? Would that collapse society if that happened? Next year, if we elect know, three, let, let's say, you know, a third of the Senate will be up for vote. So let's say we, we elect 20 hard conservative constitutionalists for the Senate and we get 300 really firm constitutionalists in the house and they just start tearing everything down. They get rid of the Department of Education and the Department of Transportation and the Department of this and the EPA and FDA, all the three-letter agencies that aren't clearly authorized in the Constitution, just start eliminating them. Would that crash our society? I don't know if it would or not. I think the end result, you know, long-term would be good. But would that drastic of a change crash the United States economy, crumble our society? I, I know on outside of our country, the rest of the world would probably see that as weakness. The rest of the world would probably see that as the United States you know, tightening the belt because they you know, we see something bad coming or we're going broke or whatever. But what would it do to us? Like I said, I think long-term it would be great. That's what I want. Just last night, my friend, a little, little liberal to me, becoming more conservative as he ages, like many of us do, but still still more progressive than I am. He asked me, what, what's the perfect government look like To me and I said a government that actually follows the constitution and only does the 17 things in article 1 section 8 Congress doesn't do these things like I don't know all of those federal department agencies and he said what about treaties what about what about the you know trade agreements and the the climate change agreements. I'm like why are we doing climate change agreements? The United States is already cleaner than most other countries. Why are we joining agreements making it harder for us than it is for them when they're already behind us in the process? He didn't seem to get what I was saying. He said, well, because it's 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 the role of government. I'm like, no, it's not. It's the role of the free market. Most of almost every light bulb in my house is an LED bulb. I didn't do that when LED bulbs were expensive. I did that after LED bulbs became affordable. And they became affordable when people started wanting them and more companies started to make them. Same thing goes with your television. You used to have to save for months to scrape together the money to buy a television and now you can pick one up at Walmart for a little bit of nothing. That's how the free market works. Things get cheaper when people want them. Same thing would happen with electric cars without government intervention. As electric cars got better, people would want them. The cars would get better. People would want them more. Then the cars would get cheaper and people would want them more. But instead, we have a government who wants to take your tax money. They want to take money from all of us build the infrastructure for the electric vehicle fleet that they demand we start driving did they do that when the gasoline engine came around when the internal combustion engine and you know Henry Ford started making cars affordable and there were cars everywhere was it the federal government that went out and put gas pumps at drugstores? no it was entrepreneurs. It was people that thought, there's a couple of cars in town now. But I could start selling that gasoline stuff and make a buck. So why can't we let the free markets get the electric cars here? It's because our government has decided that they want to be involved in every decision that you make. They've expanded into things that they have no business doing at the same time that they're trying to prop up the electric vehicle industry they're trying to crush the internal combustion engine industry by over-regulating it constantly raising standards that just can't be met while keeping a vehicle portable government's in everything they need to get out that music that I hear coming means it's just about break time. We come back from the other side of this break. We got Brent Hamachak, entrepreneur, expert, extraordinaire, going to be joining the show. We'll be back in three minutes. Attention, freedom loving patriots. These courses are for you. Gain a comprehensive understanding of our Constitution's principles, the wisdom of our Founding Fathers, and how to apply them in today's world. Don't miss this incredible opportunity. Use code RBN for 20% off. Together, we'll be the beacon of freedom our founding generation envisioned. Liberty Lighthouse Classroom. Illuminating minds. Empowering patriots.
0: They railed against the crown.
1: Another red tag band. Clevering independence. independence. Hey, what, who's crowned the day against? Oh yeah, King George. So, uh, welcome back. It's the bottom of this first hour. I'm Peter Seraphine. Do me a favor, everybody, go out. Share a link to this show. Wherever you're watching or listening from. Share it out. Tell everybody where you are. We on the uh, right side of the political aisle, the conservative bent We need your help. We we can't do this on our own. Algorithms don't help us. We can only do it when you help us. And you can do that by, you know, buying the merchandise and using our promo codes and sharing content. It doesn't cost you a thing to share content. We're going to wait just a couple of minutes, and then we're going to draw the first winner of the book drawing tonight. So if you want a chance to win one of my three books... Go to liberty-lighthouse.com and click the Win a Book link right on the top of the front page. And in just a couple of minutes, Mr. Brent Hamachek is going to pick a number. And it's going to be one of you lucky winners out there. Oh, he with Brent Hamachek is here. Where do you go so, yeah. when you want the truth about current human events?
0: You go to Brent Hamachek over at humanevents.com, brenthamachek.com. And over on Common Ground Campus. And now, welcome into studio, Brent
1: Hamachek. Good evening, sir.
4: Good evening. That's always such an enthusiastic introduction. It makes me want to run out and take the field. I don't <laughs> even know what game I'm playing. I just want to take the field.
1: Yeah, he's, he's an enthusiastic fella, And it's really the, the guy who voiced that for me. Um, it's, it's very athletic. And went out and decided that he wanted to become a professional wrestler in his spare time and he took classes and stuff and he, he won out and he, in his first real match, I I think it was, he broke his arm.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds a little bit like uh, what happened to Aaron Rodgers at the beginning of this NFL season. Yeah. Yeah. Talk, talk about a bad firework.
1: So Mr. Hemajek,
4: how are things
1: at common ground campus and everywhere else in, in your world?
4: Well, they're, they're terrific. We've got an event coming up on November 14th at Hope College in Michigan. We're really excited. Uh, we've got a lot of community support for the event, a lot of campus support. Looks like we're going to be taking on student concerns under the heading of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So um, we ought to be able to find lots of uh, things that students involved are concerned about, and of course, as your audience knows, from months of me beating them over the head with the concept, we're not going to debate anything uh, related to DEI. We're going to listen to different students' particular concerns, and then we're going to see if we can find a way between differing views to come to a way to address the problem. So we're about problem solving, not arguing. Seems like most people these days already have a doctorate in arguing and most of them haven't studied just simply problem solving at even the kindergarten level, so well, I mean, we're going to do remedial education and problem solving, and we'll leave arguing to the rest of the universe.
1: Right. I was going to. I was just going to say, look at these so-called debates that have been going on re- lately—the Republican uh, Party debates, presidential right. Debates. Right. That was it's, debate. Those aren't debates.
4: Well, no, they never have been, right? I mean, there've never really been debates from the day they started. I think, well, I shouldn't say that. Lincoln Douglas was. But in modern times, these aren't debates that were that we're seeing. Uh, they're just people standing up and saying the things they want to say, regardless even what the question is. You know, it's like, thank you for asking that question. I'm going to answer a different one, right? right. And uh, and say the things that I want to say in relation to it. Uh, so this is tragic. And to the extent that they are debates, I I mean, I've long made the argument. Uh, and this will sound harsh, but that's my nature, that anybody who makes up their mind who to vote for by watching one of these debates debates shouldn't vote. Don't vote. You're, you're not qualified to vote. And I, I say with a smile on my face, but I'm really serious. I'll tell you why. The reason is that once they finish debating and once a person is elected to office... next time they will debate it's when they run again Mm -hmm. so this is a something that takes place a spectacle on stage that has nothing nothing less than nothing to do with governing so the idea that we would watch people in a televised spectacle and then make a decision about who we'd like to have lead the country or be our senator or whatever it might be um, is preposterous So if you find yourself watching these things and then making a decision about who you like, please don't vote. Uh, Go ahead and like them, like, share, recommend on social media. Please don't vote uh, because you shouldn't uh, because it should have nothing to do with your decision.
1: Yeah, I I just I can't watch them because of the fact that they they act like children. They're all just screaming over each other just to get their two cents in. And it's never two cents I really want to hear.
4: Right. It's bad. It, so, by the way, uh, and it's not off topic, but I'm going to I would love to bring up my own topic if I could. But it's religious, So I, I promise it doesn't you know, it's not about what is the best pesticide to use to keep bees away.
1: Be, Tamara um, has uh, jumped in early. Should we let her into the conversation?
4: Oh, you can always let Tamara in. All uh, right, well. As long as she still lets me make our my point, because on our show, I never get to talk. Hi, Tamara. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Tamara.
3: Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here.
4: Be well, still I... my beating heart. Um, so you look lovely.
3: Um, oh, thank
4: you. So, um, so, I, and I'm sure Tamara will have a thought on this. Here's the point I want to make. And it relates to the Republican presidential field. And it relates to all the buzz that's been going on this past week about the attempt to get Governor Youngkin to jump into the race. So I would like to give a piece of unsolicited advice to the governor that he is free to completely ignore, and I'm certain that he will. If you want to be president, the best thing you can possibly do is not run, not yet. And I will point to your brethren from the South, Governor DeSantis, who had it not been for the fact, that Donald Trump did declare and decide to run, Ron DeSantis would have been, without a close second, he would have been the Republican nominee for president if he had run against a field. Instead, instead, Governor DeSantis's political career at a national level is over. It's finished. He can never be president now. And he can't be because people who are Trump supporters Don't see him as a cute little fellow running for president like they do the other candidates in the field. All the other candidates, we all knew they couldn't win. And, you know, they're running for a little attention. Maybe they're running for 2028 to get recognized. But DeSantis was the real deal. And for him to step in and run when Trump was already running was seen as treason. Mm -hmm. And so the Trump supporters will never forgive him. He's finished. Now, what could he have done? First of all, DeSantis would have had a great chance to be president in 2028. Secondly, we also know this, as popular as DeSantis was, was, if he had sat on the sidelines and said, I'm going to wait and see if with all of these forces of nature working against Trump legally, if something happens to force him out of the campaign, if he decides to leave, DeSantis could have stepped in in November, in February, in August, and been the Republican nominee. He would have been by acclamation. Mm -hmm. Instead, he's finished. So here's my advice to the Youngkin folks. Stand down, stand back, and wait. Because now that DeSantis is finished, and now that nobody else in the Republican field is taken seriously, just watch what happens. Because if Trump stays in the race, Governor, You can't win. You can't win. You have no chance. Zero chance. But if he steps out, you could be the new Ron DeSantis. And you could step up and say, I'm entering the race. And you are loved by the people in this country for what you've been doing in Virginia. You are aligned with the kinds of things that Trump stands for in general in terms of policy. You could be the savior. So if you're listening, and I'm sure you're not, <laughs> please don't run but stand be. by he might I, be
1: I would Where's be flattered and surprised if, if he was uh, was listening tamra what what are you, your thoughts on Brent's thoughts
3: I feel like I'm on one of our turn on politics show because we discussed <laughs> these very issues and I maybe have heard this thought from Brent before so um, well, we haven't
4: talked much this week so you haven't heard me on yunkin but you know the general theory.
3: I do, yeah, for sure on the DeSantis. I've heard that um summary of his demise. Uh so my my advice to your audience is to take very seriously whatever Brent uh is saying here because he is rarely wrong and um much much times I wish he were. <laughs> many times I wish I
5: was. Yeah,
3: <laughs> well- times, many times I wish he was because <laughs> you're right again. So, yeah, he's a little bit Nostradamus when it comes to making some predictions in the political world, only because he approaches it from a very rational standpoint, looks at um, kind of the lay of the land and understanding human nature, uh, both good and bad. So, which I was going to, um, so David, before the show had sent me the uh, Amazon link for your book, and I had my two little grand boys, one and three, all day, and so I wasn't able to dive deeper into what it is. So we'll have to have you on our show. And now, I, sa- to- I
4: said that to him. Yes, we're going to have you on our show. Turnabout's
1: fair play, as she
4: sure. right.
1: used to say. Well, you said about about predictions. When I wrote my first book, it was called Progress, really. It's, it's super, super short. This is the first thing I ever wrote with the intent of publishing. It was the first time I ever really started thinking about politics there's a couple of predictions in here that have come true and that's sad um i wrote this right before the covid stuff happened but i i predicted in here that there would come a time that a doctor would get sued because he uh refused to give a prostate exam to a woman or or a, a pelvic exam to a man because of the transgendered nonsense that was just starting to rear its head back then so um, I, I get wow. a prediction right every now. and then. You and can
3: now. hold your book up to your head and predict it right. Like, uh, the old <laughs> Speaking
1: Carson. of my books, I uh, the last few weeks I've been like I've been uh, trying to give them away. So let's see here. Uh, we let's uh, pick a number. Brent, start with you. Pick a number between one and forty-one. Uh, between one and forty-one, well, I'm gonna.
4: I don't know why I'm gonna do this, but I'm gonna pick 41 as a hat tip to Brian Piccolo.
1: How's okay. that? Yeah, let's see here. That is somebody I think already won. <laughs> oh. <laughs> let me let me check. I'm I'm gonna do some sorting Other, here.
4: Otherwise I pick another number, huh?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, all right. Doing? So here's the deal. I tell people that uh you're you're drawing for one book, but I send them all three. So uh-huh.
4: Shall I pick another number? Do we no. have a duplicate winner?
1: I don't. Well, I can't give it to that person anyway because they put their email address in their physical address spot. So, yeah, pick another number, please.
4: All right. I will pick the number of my all-time favorite steroid user, Mark McGuire, number 25.
1: <laughs> Mr. Chris Plant from Wisconsin. Congratulations, Mr. Chris Plant. Shout out to your home state, Tamara.
3: Yes. We we do love cheese <laughs> and <laughs> football players on steroids.
1: <laughs> congratulations to Mr. Baseball. Chris Plant. Baseball. Baseball Tim. I, oh, I gave up the secret. I've Got been you. telling people for the last several weeks that that we did these drawings and I'm sending you one of the three books. But I've been sending everybody all three books with a little surprise note in there. So congratulations, Mr. Chris Plant, you just won yourself three books. And we'll do that again a little later. We'll have Tamara pick the number next time. So if you still want to jump in to that, to that contest, go to liberty-lighthouse.com and click the win a book link right at the top of the page. And now is probably a good time to do a commercial break. So why don't we talk about the wellness company? We all need doctors. We all need health care at some point or another. If you need some health care that hasn't fallen for the woke nonsense, health care that stands up for your individual medical freedom, that's where the wellness company comes in. Born out of the wokeness of uh, COVID-19 doctors that were c- canceled and censored, like Dr. Peter McCullough, they started the wellness company. They've got great American-made supplements and uh Plans monthly, like membership plans where you can get unlimited visits with with doctors and pharmacists. Go to twc.health and use code lighthouse when you're there, and I'll save you a buck or two. That's twc.health. Use code lighthouse. Okay. Now when I thought it was Dave coming on here.
3: I know. I don't I don't look like him, but I know a lot of stuff like him. <laughs>
1: No offense to Dave, but you look better than Dave. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, oh, wanted to talk, I wanted to talk to Dave about uh, Congressman Bowman, who pulled the fire alarm in it uh,
3: oh.
1: on Saturday, yeah. trying to supposedly because he's stupid and thought somehow that pulling a fire alarm would open a door. Um, but in all reality, I don't think anybody believes that. I think. In order to to interrupt and delay the vote, thereby um, disrupting an official proceeding. That charge sounds familiar to me.
3: Absolutely. And um, for your audience, the reason I'm here instead of David Summerall of StopHate.com is I've worked very closely with David day one since January 6th involved on the writing history project that got the uh really david started the the collection of video evidence of patriots who were there on january 6 to to kind of build this library of citizen um video footage to be able to put together so we put together writing history uh the journalistic battle of january 6 we put together the five deaths of Janu- january january 6 article over at stophate.com that outlines the uh, death of Roseanne Boyland, Ashley Babbitt, Kevin Greeson, and Benjamin Phillips, and Officer Brian um, so, and, and then the J6 part of innocence, which we can maybe touch on later. But um, I just have stayed very much in contact. I kind of work sometimes behind the scenes with David. But I am up to speed on things. And the reason that verbiage, and I'm glad you re- said it and read it exactly that way, If he had just pulled a fire alarm and, you know, it was just political theater as usual, we might have just all shrugged, right, and said, oh, more do-nothing theatrics in Congress. However, there are people sitting in jail today who have been there for a very long time. We're going on Thousand Days, which is the uh, trailer, Thousand Days of Terror, that I'm sure David wanted uh, to discuss with you as well, Uh, New trailer out for their upcoming J6 timeline documentary that'll be out in November. Um, there are people who the the weaponized DOJ has used that charge uh, to give them the harshest of sen- sentences um, up to 22 years. Enrique Torres is the one uh, I think so far who's gotten the, the highest jail sentence. Who um, wasn't
1: of- even there.
3: C- Correct. So it's you know this whole fabricated um, weaponized DOJ fabricated story, which the the timeline and the thousand days of terror uh, trailer will help to show that there are a series of events because the public was from day one misinformed about what was going on on January sixth. But it's the who who got to the story first, right? that's the one that stuck with the American public. And then it was repeated over and over and over by the mainstream media. And then the J6 Unselect Committee made it look official and gave more weight to uh, their lie of the narrative of January 6th. David Sumrall and uh, Gary McBride, Turnus Evans, those are some of the leaders who have put together the accurate timeline, gotten to the video footage of what actually happened, who instigated the violence on January 6, why there's nothing so so the issue with this this guy pulling the fire alarm is that he's not been charged, likely won't get charged. Um, and and the double standard of our two-tier justice system
1: right. Wow well, and, and wow, we have hundreds of people yeah. sitting in American gulags. And if you want to hear their stories, buy the American Gulag Chronicles at StopHate.com. It is the story of many of these J6 prisoners in their own words, in their own handwritten letters, their artwork, all in one book. And all the money raised goes to their families and legal defense and all of those kinds of things. So it's the American Gulag Chronicles, uh, letters from prison at StopHate.com. And American gulag are two words that should never be spoken together. And that's exactly what we have now.
3: Yeah, it's um, well, and Brent, Brent knows this because we've done shows on it, too. Of You know, he's he I think was the first one to flow it out shortly after that, that the term dissidents that were American dissident mm-hmm. in our own country, political dissidents uh, that are prosecuted and treated. Uh, no better than any communist country but, that we but, would be advocating to get our our prisoners released from.
1: But we have a constitution in the Bill of Rights that allows us to be political dissidents, legally.
3: All right.
4: Well, and so did the Soviet Union. The, the, exactly. So, uh, interesting, by the way, I saw something uh, not too long ago within the last couple of weeks that at some major university, a majority of the students couldn't recognize the difference between the U.S. Constitution and the Soviet Constitution, and um, which made me chuckle because it's something I've written about in the past kind of extensively. Look, the power of January 6th, the reason that I wrote the piece that we've talked about on your show prior and that Tamara mentioned, was pretty simple to me, and that was because immediately after January 6th, I knew what was going to happen, and I knew what was going to happen because of William Randolph Hearst. Because it was back in the early part of the last century that Hearst had a reporter down in Cuba covering a war that just wasn't taking place. Mm-hmm. And when he, was, uh, when he was contacted by his reporter saying, Mr. Hearst, there's no war starting here. Hearst famously said, his reply back was, you give me pictures and I'll give you a war. And that's what January 6th provided, because regardless of all the good efforts that are being made and should be made and need to be made, because as dissidents, we need to pile up losses, right? So that eventually the losses get piled up in such a large pile, it gets hard for people to ignore them. But the problem we have that we can't escape is that the imagery from January 6th to the regular person And under the bell curve, most Americans are just regular folks. It looks frightening. And those pictures gave the folks that want to put a boot on our throat, it gave them the opportunity to show them those pictures and to say, take a look at this. These people are dangerous. Your liberty's at stake. Your Mm -hmm. democracy, the one you don't actually have, is being threatened. And we're going to have to do some very very strong things in order to protect you. And to the typical average American, there was re- their response was, yes, you do. right? And you don't see an outrage against what's going on the way that you should in America, in large part, in large part, because of the pictures from January 6th. We can't just overcome can. those, at least just, not easily.
1: Just like the Patriots
4: Well, and that was the, the, uh, the basis of...
3: I was going to say that was the basis of our getting writing history. Immediately after January six January sixth, David and I were having conversations about the language and the narrative and how we had to not let it stick. We didn't want their insurrection, their violent descriptors of J6 to stick. And so the way to do that was to get out the the counter narrative. And that was the basis of writing history, was to show who instigated the violence. Because it's, it's taking that slice of a photograph and making it look like one thing, when if you had the whole picture, it's a very different scenario, right? And that was what um, Thousand Days of Terror will show. The police fired first on the crowd. There were They, they drew first blood. There were... Uh, BLM agitators in the crowd pushing patriots into the police. The police have come out and said they were caught off guard as well. Whoops, <laughs> we're living here um, No, I so, just turned my
4: camera to show the first blood poster on my wall. Oh yeah, yeah. She yeah,
1: made the Stallone blood. reference. I
4: thought I. Uh,
3: yes, another. Jump in. It's just subliminal. personalized. <laughs> well, this um, isn't
1: new in American history by, by any means. I I was just, last night, I was working on, on uh, my next op-ed piece. And, you know, the Constitution, written in 1787, ratified 1788, 1791, the Bill of Rights was ratified. 1798, seven years after the Bill of Rights, the Alien and Sedition Act, which openly and clearly violated three of the five freedoms Guaranteed by the First Amendment, only seven years after the First Amendment was ratified.
4: So, um, and of course, we have a, a host of those anomalies over 200 plus years. Mm-hmm. They started early. They continue. Um, quick point uh, with regard to um, the the video and the January 6th piece and the work that's done to try to get people to see it differently. Uh, for your audiences. uh, They may know this, they may not, but it's fun at cocktail parties. Everybody knows the term cognitive dissonance. What they might not know is where it came from, and it came from a a couple of uh, sociologists, psychologists who studied a group of doomsday folks back in the 1950s, and they wrote a book called When Prophecy Fails. This was a group that thought aliens were coming to take to destroy the earth and if you were prepared, they would lift you up a day ahead of time and off you go. Well, as the day got closer and the moment got closer, of course, the prophecy was wrong. What happened with the people in that group? Did they get really angry that they'd sold and given away all their stuff? No, they doubled down on their prophecy because once you get invested in something, it's hard to be able to walk away from it. As we like to say in recovery, you can't save your face and your ass at the same time. People are very concerned about saving face. So we've got a whole nation filled with people that believe in the scenario that's been painted of January 6th. And so to get them to see that the prophecy was false, if you will, that what they were told wasn't right, what they believed in wasn't the case, is extraordinarily difficult because the human tendency is not to wake up and say I was wrong. It's to say, let me figure out how I can still be right. Mm -hmm. That's what we're fighting against.
3: Right. And then you have MSM and and the pundits and all those who the average American turns on in the morning as they're getting ready for the day and just has it as background noise. But they have doubled and tripled down on the narrative. I mean, if you uh, tune in and watch some of those, we tend to not do that. Those of us in the mega movement or on the right, we tend not to listen to mainstream media and sometimes that's to our detriment because we don't know what they're saying, so we don't know how to counter it when we're out talking amongst, you know, the general public or our community and sphere of influence. And so to understand that they have really hammered down on that message as if to make sure all of the truth doesn't change people's minds. It's it's quite remarkable
1: but or not remarkable
4: as brent would say because that's
3: pretty much right. nature.
1: not remarkable <laughs> right there is there nope all right well it is break time we're gonna have to take a three minute commercial break brent this is normally where i say goodbye to you but since you're friends here you want to stick around or i'll stick around until the
4: uh first commercial break in the next uh half hour then i'm on grandpa duty
1: all right. So right we'll be back in three minutes my friends
6: Stay must take America back.
5: We must take. America.
1: I've been sleeping on a My Pillow pillow for years. And a couple of years ago, I tried the My Pillow towels, soft and absorbent, wonderful bath towels. Recently, I got the My Giza Dream sheets, and they are by far the best quality bed sheets I've ever owned. And while well, the quilt is pretty awesome too. New products being added all the time at MyPillow.com, including sandals and slides and pajamas and well, everything that you need for sleeping. Use the code LIGHTHOUSE at MyPillow.com to save yourself up to 66% off. That's the code LIGHTHOUSE at MyPillow.com.
0: The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town Like a cancer that's silently spreading There's an unspoken fear We're on our way down We must take America back
1: Welcome back to the top of the second hour of National Intel Report, live on Republic Broadcasting Network, Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo Five O Radio and Patriot Nation Radio Network. I am your host, Peter Serafine. With me tonight, we got Brent Hamachek with so many websites, I'm not going to list him. And <coughs> Tamara Lee, who is a longtime friend of Brent Hamachek, filling in for Dave Sumrall. Yeah, and Tamara, Tamara and
4: I have our own show together. Uh, called Trend on Politics uh, that can be found on your news. I think we post a new one every Wednesday. Uh, We're on a couple of weeks break while Tamara's on vacation. And while I'm in mourning that Tamara's on vacation.
1: Wait, uh, Tamara's uh, on vacation and she still chose to fill in for Dave here on my show?
4: Well, it's such a privilege to be on your show. It's all I talk about when I talk to her. So uh, I'm sure that was an easy decision for her to make.
3: It was, yeah. I'm not
4: wearing
1: my
3: boots, it it, and it's getting yeah.
1: lady deep in yes. here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> if David asks, I usually uh, answer with a yes. And then our own show, I just had oh. some. My daughter got married, so I had some family. And now I'm with my grandkids. So little family hiatus there. But uh, usually a new episode posted on yournews.com and on Rumble.
1: So, Well, I we will be taking some vacation of my own here next month. Oh yeah. hey Mike producer. Um I'm not going to be around the second week in November. I I'm, I'm flying to Minnesota.
3: <laughs> little housekeeping business. <laughs> yeah,
1: little housekeeping on here. That's always good, right? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm flying to Minnesota to uh, watch my eldest son get married.
4: Congratulations.
1: Uh. I can't believe I'm not a grandfather yet. And, uh. and in the chat. Yeah. Thanks Mike. Okay, so you mentioned the trailer for A Thousand Days of Terror. I went and downloaded it. I have it ready to go. It's about five minutes long. You? Uh, it goes you fast. Share. It really
3: does. It's very compelling.
1: All right. Five minutes of video. Here we go.
3: I know that everyone here will soon
6: be marching over to the Capitol Building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard.
0: January 6, 2021. The media propaganda machine fed us a story that shapes the narrative of insurrection. They intentionally left out some key details. There's an entire timeline that you haven't seen and it tells a different story.
2: They're going into the
4: Capitol, I think.
2: Look, there's cops up there. It looks like they got sniper rifles.
5: Everybody stop here.
0: (laughs) Where did Trump say to meet him, down front? Uh, who were the agitators what was the timing how did the chaos begin
4: unit six i need less people here. they can come
6: up from the upper west there and take an elevated position Right now, we have a group of, uh, stopped at the lower west there. They're not compliant, climbing
5: safely. Let me know when the lesson legal needs are in place. We want to petition our government for redress of grievances.
0: Did the officers not hear this? You were told there was fighting, but where?
5: Excuse me! Fuck you! Fuck you! Traitor! Put that gun down!
6: Oh, you know, a train. Unit 6, I got a crowd fighting with officers, forcing, going for tech's house. I have given warnings about chemical munitions. I need to let the lethal team position above me to identify the agitators and start deploying. Long, launch, launch! Launch!
0: Were there any warnings to evacuate? Much less safe exit routes. Dig deeper.
3: This up the CTS. Uh
0: do you see it let's slow down a little notice the smoke from the sniper's barrel what do you think that means this is where joshua black is shot in the face he never saw it coming first blood but wouldn't be the last is this where the agitation began The police line is now reinforced. Chris Quaglin approaches the police line screaming about the shooting of an innocent protester in the face when an agitator tactically pushes him from behind into the already anxious police. The agitator, Landon Copeland, admitted to being a member of Antifa just after being sentenced for his involvement. violence, further infuriating what was a peaceful crowd. Class, oh see, see that shit. Oh Stay oh the anger spreads among the crowd from the unprovoked attack by federal agents. None of this had to happen. As aggressive police forces continued to provoke the crowd, Peaceful became chaos. This attack by police ignited the past 1,000 days of terror, which ends now.
5: Back back back.
0: They're trying to save this guy's life right now.
5: Yeah. 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 What happened? This what happened? Those, the the cop shot, shot
1: her. The, 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 the cop shot, shot them. Right right. What the fuck? Shut her. Fuck you, shut up. Fuck you, shut up. up. All right, so that's
3: a trailer for a. Uh... Yeah, I should have uh, given the warning that he told tell me to uh, before you watch the, the film. the... Thousand Days of Terror trailer. Big warning label on the film that there's violence, brutality, death, and reality. So yeah.
1: And uh, sorry, Mike, so I didn't watch it. I didn't the- watch it beforehand to, to, to bleep out the F-bombs.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it pretty raw footage. Um,
5: oh.
3: And it just breaks it. So for your audience who may not know, like the one scene with the baton, you could see it in the corner. Gary McBride uh, was the first... Uh, to, and I interviewed him right after he he broke that story, Um, the first to identify Lila Morris as the officer who was beating Roseanne Boylan over, you know, her body with that stick that uh, either caused or contributed to her death. And Roseanne was the one who was on the floor, they were trying to resuscitate her. Um, And and going back to our lies that were told is they came out and said uh, Roseanne Boylan. They, they looked into her history and saw she was a recovery person, and they said she died of a drug overdose, which right. is so disgusting and gross that they would they would take someone. So worked really hard. Absolutely, right. I mean we.
1: They, they did. They came out right away and said Roseanne Boylan died of a drug overdose. And anybody who's seen the video, she's clearly beaten um, either yeah. to death or nearly so, to death and then yeah. allowed to
3: die. It's it's hard not to get emotional. I know I've you know, interviewed Mickey Wilford. She's a friend um, for her to lose Ashley the way she did. Um, and, and yet these deaths have gone unanswered and, and unaccountable for uh, and, the, and the general public really has no idea there were J6ers where the SWAT team showed up and said you killed one of ours referencing Brian Sitnick, because the lie they told initially was that he was hit over the head by a mega person with a fire extinguisher a fire, fire extinguisher what? completely
5: no, many lies
3: flat out lies so, you know, we're countering these lies that have stuck in the public's mind, just like Brent said, and it's very difficult. So, so a film like this that is, is, shocking, um, is the only way we're going to kind of get people to see this is really what happened. And, and yes, our government has been lying to us. And yes, this is what we thought <laughs> happened <laughs> in other countries, but it's here. So we're trying to get to the, um, because shortly after J6 at the Super Bowl that year, 2021, Lila Morris was one of the Capitol or D.C. police officers uh, honored at the Super Bowl, made a hero, and we're trying to find out how that happened, who set that up, who arranged that, who happened to know that Lila Morris was the one who was beating Roseanne Boylan over and decided the way to to, um, do damage control was to get her propped up as a hero, uh, we don't have that information yet, but we're trying to get to it.
1: There's many lies that they told us, and then they keep telling them. The people in the Capitol Hill still call it an insurrection. They still say that, that or at least imply that the rioters at the insurrection are the ones who caused death when everybody who died that day died at the hands of police. And, yeah. and look, you watch that video and you can see flashbang grenades being shot into the middle of a crowd, which is completely against how a flashbang is supposed to work. A flashbang is designed to disperse the crowd. You use them to move people in a particular direction. So, in this instance, you would want to disperse them between you and the crowd to get the crowd to move back. Instead, they're shooting them into the crowd, which is going to make the crowd expand.
3: Well, and there was nowhere for the crowd to go. If you're, you know, it comes in, in the middle of that, there's no there's no path out. You're caught in the middle of it. So, you know, those things are really important for the public to understand. And, and we're trying to get to that tipping point of where those of us who have been working the thing in the beginning and trying to get the truth out there, where we find that tipping point, um, where the general public should be enraged. Because we would agree that if it was someone who we disagreed with, but they had every right to redress our government peacefully and patriotically protest and and come and and state their, their First Amendment right, we would support that. We don't support the violence, but we support your right to the First Amendment. And so... We've got to get where we are no longer divided on this issue, but where other people will see, well, gosh, if I speak out at my school board, now I'm on the FBI target list, that that's not just conspiracy theory. That is, in fact, happening in America today.
1: All right. Well, we got three um, comments over in the YouTube chat room worth mentioning. We got, wow, I've never seen that what a POS, our government and aggressive law enforcement is disgusting. Definitely watching this film. I got goosebumps seeing that. And I will definitely promote this video. Every American should see this. I agree. I hope this video does kind of like, uh, oh, what was sound of freedom. I hope it does kind of like sound of freedom where, where they, they want to squash it, but they just can't because it takes off and people demand to see it.
3: Well, this is my audience wants show. over to the we have not just our stop hate, uh, Videos up there, documentaries, but Bloody Hill, uh, Writing History, The Thousand Days of Terror, the J6 timeline, that'll be coming out in November, but also um, other people's work. I know Laura Laura Logan just released her J6 expose's uh, very powerful interviews with uh, Matthew Perna's aunt. Matthew Perna was the J6 uh, victim who hung himself because the, the DOJ was doubling down on his sentencing and and adding enhancement of terrorist charge, and he just couldn't take it in. He was a really decent, good guy. It's heartbreaking that he felt there was no way out other than to uh, hang himself. Um, Because the the stress that this puts, these J6 family members, the whole family, um, is people look at you like you're a horrible person. So you're alienated in your community. You're your most of these were just law abiding people good decent human folk and they went there because they believed that the the election had question questionable results they wanted the government congress to say okay let's stop let's investigate these uh these discrepancies let's make sure we're really where we are in But the whole thing, if you you look deeper, like David said in the movie, dig deeper, you find out why all these things were set up to play out the way that they did um, is all because of the election fraud that occurred prior to it. So they had it. it's like the lie that snowballs. If you start with one lie, then you have to keep adding lies to it because. Otherwise, you're backed in a corner on that original lie. So um, there's a lot of really great content out there that exposes um, much of the truth. So please, please do go look those things up. Condemned USA is another good source uh, for information. So, All
1: right. Well, this is a live call-in show, and we haven't taken any calls tonight, which is odd. 512-248-8252 is the call-in line. If you prefer to text because you don't want to be on air, that's uh, 646-974-4487 or 60 for my rights. We're going to take this as the last chance to enter to win a book. We're going to draw for the last collection of books here in just a couple of minutes. So go to liberty-lighthouse.com, click the blue win a book link right at the top of the page, and we'll have Tamara pick a number here in just a minute. And there's our first call, Sarah in Oregon on line one. Welcome to the show, Sarah.
3: Hi, everybody. This is me, Sarah. But I've been questioning everything. It's been like voting doesn't work, but the only thing only thing that can happen is violence. But we don't want to end up like Joe Biggs or, or Enrique Tario. And here's the one more thing. Please share out any show you like and help us out. Be kind.
1: Share it out. Bye! Thanks, Sarah. You know, you hear that a lot. Voting doesn't work. And I, I kind of think that over the last couple of years, we've had examples that it does. We've had, like, uh, let's see here, the Speaker race last time around where five people in the House held up the election of the Speaker of the House. And now, this time, a handful of people—you know, one person stood up and was it eight—voted to remove them. All
4: right. Well, of course, of course, voting matters, and, and and the people that make the argument of why bother to vote because the elections are rigged—I mean, I, I want to be kind, but it's difficult. So let me just, uh, at best, say, well, then give up, stop paying attention don't, don't worry about it because if you're going to suggest that that's the case, then, then we're done. Right. Because there is no, there is no recourse from that, that, that surrender. So I suppose we could just switch and have a monarchy and then we wouldn't have to worry about this whole voting thing. So the trick is to try to fix it, not to abandon it. Um, of course the great fear is, is that what, after what's happened in 2020, um, and And you know, and i I'm totally unpopular with this everywhere I go, because do I believe there was election interference? Absolutely. Do I believe that the election outcome was likely possibly changed? I actually do. But my point is, you can't prove it. You literally can't prove it. We have tons of data points that suggest it's the case. The best we can do is create a hypothesis that was stolen. But we can't test it. So the only thing we can do is try to make sure that the things that happened in 2020 that led to the creation of the hypothesis that the election was stolen don't happen again. So there's a ton of reform work that needs to be done. People need to forget about the 2020 election. They need to quit complaining about it, whining about it, thinking we need to reverse it. It's it's not happening it's over but everything that happened that led us to the point that we're at now that can be fixed and that's where all of the effort the greatest word in the english language is next so let's focus on next let's realize that if we walk away from elections we walk away from any chance to have a free country and let's realize that 2020 is in our rear view mirror and we want to drive responsibly. So let's look forward.
1: Well, I, I think one of the biggest things we could do to reform our elections is to get government out of primaries. Primary elections are how two private organizations choose who they're going to put on the vote in, or on the ballot in November for us to vote for. Why is government involved in primary elections at all? if the Democrats want to let everybody and their brother vote in the Democrat primary, it's their problem. It's a, it's a private organization. If they want to let illegal immigrants vote in their primary, it's their organization. And if the Republicans want to say only registered Republicans with photo ID can vote in our primary. Okay. It's a private organization. Primary are not real elections as I as I get ready to have to sign off
4: here to go be a uh, responsible grandparent I apologize I'll just leave a quick thought and then I'll leave you in, in tamara's very capable hands of course the the issue with that is that those primaries that uh, happen that are as you say between you know part political parties selecting nominees of course they funnel into then state and national elections and so on none of these things, are hard to fix. The folks down in Texas at Authentics have a, a counterfeit near counterfeit-proof ballot that if used across the country would wipe out about 80% of all voter fraud. Put that together with cleaning up voter rolls and the problem is solved. So it's easy to solve. And what people have to realize is that there is not yet a collective will to solve it. And that means the listeners to your show, not the politicians in office. There's more of us than them. And if we can stop just going about our daily business and watching Netflix and doing whatever other silly things we do and get more actively engaged in this thing, we could change this. But if we don't, we won't. And then we'll lose. Not elections, but everything. And on that cheerful note, I thank you for having me back again. And Tamara is That's much why more I love having you
3: as my co
4: <laughs> Tamara's much more pleasant and cheerful than I am. So thank you so much and um, hope to see you next month if I'm still around and you'll still have me. All
1: right. Thank you very much for your time, Brent. Bye,
3: everybody. Bye. We'll see you later. <laughs> we're, the, we're the half glass full and the half glass empty, and together we make a whole half glass. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He is he is he is a lot more um, optimistic than I am at times, but we are coming up uh, yeah. To-
3: but don't say that word to him. That's like a swear word in his his lexicon.
1: We are coming up He's to the break where I normally say goodbye to Dave as well. So I will leave it up to you if you want to stick around for the rest of the show, which would be another half hour, or you could say goodbye too.
3: Well, I will I will depart only because I also have grand boys waiting for we could call ours the geriatric show <laughs> politics for old people or something like that. But um, I will, before I depart, thank you for having me in uh, David's stead. It's an honor to be here. Um, I always joke when he and Brent are back to back, cause it's like my two go-to guides, right. In all of this. And um, so it's nice to have officially join the party. Uh, you can find, as Brent mentioned, our trend on politics show on yournews.com. And on Rumble, typically Wednesdays we drop a new show, and then I have to, on David's behalf, tell your audience again, go to stophate.com forward slash support, anything you can do to help. I can personally testify that David Summerall and the Stop Hate team have put in countless hours since January 6th. Uh, at their own expense, and just have been relentless. And we would not know the truth we know today if not for David's work and his being the driving force. So um, I think okay. So anyway, um, you can follow me on Twitter now X at Tamarley LLC. That's T A M A R A L E I G H L L C. I'm back on there once we got all our accounts back, and then on Getter Gab and Truth Social at Tamara Lee. So thank you very much.
1: Thanks for joining us tonight, Tamara. We are long into the break. Have a good night, and I'm sure we'll talk again. All
3: right, bye-bye. With that, break time, everybody.
1: I'm Peter Seraphine, and So Simple Even a Politician Can Understand is my latest book. It is a book of simple ideas that would go a long way towards fixing some pretty big problems in our government. It is an easy-to-read short book that uses common sense, something seriously lacking in our government. Order your copy for less than $10 wherever books are sold or at liberty-lighthouse.com slash books. You're tuned in to the National Intel Report, the real talk radio show, only on the Republic Broadcasting Network. That's right, this is the National Intel Report on Republic Broadcasting Network. I'm Peter Serafine your Thursday host. And uh, I got some text messages that that came through here. It's, we got, uh, could the J6 arrest be considered discrimination against Christians? Probably most of the participants were Christians, except for the FBI agents. I, that's a good question. I don't know that that would hold up in court because they're going to say, well, it had nothing to do with religion. It had to do with the insurrection. Um, but yeah, you know, the the uh, the other side claims that everything is racist, so we could do that, I suppose. Uh, better question: Doesn't the video show footage/slash proof that the doors were open from the inside? That that's the funny thing about this. If you look at at one point in that video, there's an overhead shot of the Capitol building. All of the violence occurred on one side of the building. On the other side of the building is where they're opening the doors and they're waving people in. So I, I, yeah. Dave Summerall did, and those people at stophate.com, they've got some great video footage. I don't know how they got the permission to go out there and do it, but they, they went and saw like all of the security footage and they've got a lot of good stuff. But nobody sees it. Like none of the mainstream media is going to show it. They really, you know, McCarthy sent it out to to Tucker, and Tucker picked and showed you know what he could. But it's it's thousands of hours worth of footage. Editing it down to something to fit on the news show is hard to do. And when you do, then they claim, "Well, you edited it out." That's what you did. You edited out all the peaceful stuff and only showed the violence. So now let's show some of the peaceful stuff. Uh, And then another text message, each of the two main political parties are corporations. And that is true. They are. They are non-profit corporations, which that is funny to say, political parties as non-profits. I think most of them are. If you look at the smaller ones, the Constitution Party, the Libertarian Party, the Green Party, they probably all operate as nonprofit organizations. But the D's and the R's, the, the elephants and the donkeys, they certainly do not operate as nonprofit organizations. All right. Uh, live call in show. Last segment, 512 248 8252 is the phone number. If you want to join the text line, it's 646 646- 974-4487-64 my rights. So there was a lot of a lot of stuff there. I had not watched that that trailer before putting it on air. Dave sent it to me and I uh, I have to say I didn't watch it and then I downloaded it to put it on the show. Sorry about the cursing. Their uh, RBN network and Mojo Networks and, you know, it is what it is. I don't know where to go from here, other than I forgot to put in my sponsor ad in the last segment. So go to Romika Designs for me Romica, Romika, R O M I K A Designs.com and use code Lighthouse while you're there. Get yourself some cool, uh, engraved, laser engraved, laser cut, laser etched products. Awesome custom made laser stuff from the laser guy, Romika designs.com use code lighthouse i'd appreciate that i don't know I, I still have books to give away i forgot to have Tamara. we ran long in the last segment so i forgot to have Tamara pick a number but so i need somebody to call in at least to pick a number pick a number as to who's going to win the books to, uh, tonight let me look and see where we are on that list how many do we have now <laughs> technology oh, getting up there I've got a couple of more so I think um, going back to the representative Bowman pulling the fire alarm thing I honestly think that if we lived in a fair world that representative Bowman would be charged with interfering with an official procedure government government procedure just like those January 6th prisoners were. You're talking about the looking in from above the building where all the violence was on one side and not on the other. People that came in on that other side have been arrested and charged too. Thousands of people were arrested, or over a thousand people at least. I tried, interestingly enough, I tried to find that number of how many people have been arrested about January 6th. And that number is not readily available. So that's bad. You can you can look up, you know, how many people are arrested regarding the George Floyd riots and you'll find the number pretty quick. It's like 14,000 17,000, I forget. But you can find it pretty quick. You pull up for January 6th, then you're going fi- to you're only going to find one source and it's going to be a number that you know isn't right. It's like 1400 or something like that. I know it was more than that. Maybe it's 1,400 that are still in jail. All right. Mr. Chris over in the YouTube chat room just picked the number. He said number 33. So let's see here. Number 33, Kinsey Richards. Congratulations, Kinsey Richards. Write that down before I forget. It's funny. I was just on a show with Kinsey. I was on off-track syndicate on Sunday and Kinsey was one of the hosts there and Kinsey somebody picked Kinsey's number and we were like no we can't give it to one of the hosts and then Kinsey took a, a dice like you know rolled the dice and it came up his number again so Kinsey missed out twice and then Chris here just picked Kinsey's number for the third time Kinsey wins the books finally Kinsey You better be buying a Powerball ticket, my friend. Give up that trucking world. So going back, Representative Bowman pulls the fire alarm. He was a middle school principal before joining Congress. He knows what a fire alarm looks like. He knows what a fire alarm does. Any BS about, oh, I thought it might open the door, is just that. It's BS. He knew it was a fire alarm. No question about it. The idiots over on the on the view tried to make it look like he pushed a button. No, it's a fire alarm. There is a lever that must be pulled. It is not just a push of a button. It's not how fire alarms work. So, middle school principal, who probably pulled several to do drills in school, pulls the fire alarm. knows it's a fire alarm when he pulls it. So the only question is motive. Why would he do it? And the only thing that makes any sense is to delay the vote because he and his entire party was trying to delay the vote. So, what is that? Actively trying to delay a vote is interfering with the government proceeding. The exact charge that many of the people from January 6th were charged with and getting years in prison. Now, going further into this, you know, maybe he's just stupid. Maybe he, I don't know. He's new, whatever. No. He was rushing, rushing to get to the Roll call vote number 531. 531. Which means he had been there for roll call votes 530 other times and didn't accidentally pull a fire alarm. Oh, wait. That's 530 times this session of Congress. He's on his second term. So how many times did he rush to get to a roll call vote the first time he was in Congress and did not accidentally pull a fire alarm? So clearly, this idiot pulled that fire alarm intentionally in the most surveilled building on the planet. Maybe he thought it wouldn't get caught on camera, but it was. The double standard here is glaring and obvious. Grandmothers have been charged with trying to uh, halt in a government proceeding, but he's going to get off probably with nothing. A double standard but when you have double standards that means you have no standards it's kind of like injustice a two-tier justice system that's not justice that's injustice that's the way the world works and that's what we're living in right now I don't know how to fix it other than doing like I said and trying to get Literally hundreds of people that remember what our Constitution is supposed to be in Congress all at the same time. Hundreds of them. Anybody who's hanging their hat on President Trump, or hanging their hat on any other one person, is doing it wrong. It's not how life should work. You can't rely on one person for the safety and security and prosperity of your entire country. When you put everything into one person, well, that's when you elect a Hitler or a Mussolini. That's when you prop up Stalin and Lenin. That's how you get these fascists and dictators and everything else. You can't put your faith in one person. That's why I try to put my faith in the Constitution. I honestly believe that what it followed, it's the ideal government. The problem is that politicians don't follow it and haven't for a long time. Like I said a little earlier, like I was just writing an opinion article where the Alien and Sedition Acts were 7 years after the 1st Amendment was ratified. So let's think about that. 7 years. We've got the 56 guys that come together to make the Constitution. 39 of them sign it. Some of them, Mason, won't sign it. So you get, you, you've you got Patrick Henry and George Mason who demand a Bill of Rights. Even though Madison says, don't need one. The the Constitution itself, it says what the government can do. They can do nothing else. Guys like Patrick Henry and George Mason, they don't they don't trust government. We want a Bill of Rights. So Madison promises a Bill of Rights. Madison produces the Bill of Rights. Just like he said he would. Start Start right there. Start right there. This is a politician who made a promise for something that he didn't really didn't really support, didn't really believe in, not something he was doing for himself. Made a promise. And then actually did it. He did exactly what he said he was going to do. That's odd to begin with in today's world. So Madison takes resolute the uh, amendments proposed through the ratification committees across the country and he boils them down to 15 amendments and then he presents those 15 amendments to Congress and Congress boils it down to 12. Those 12 get sent out to the states and 10 of those 12 get ratified. The first one ratified, Congress shall make no law abridging the freeness of speech or of the press, or of the establishment of a religion, and seven years later, the Alien and Seditions Act passed, punishing, uh, going after your government, punishing, uh, a, a petitioning your government for a redress of grievances, punishing free speech, punishing a free press, Three of the five freedoms guaranteed by the very first amendment to our constitution violated only seven years after that amendment was ratified. And likely, I mean, you think about it, seven years. They all knew, they all remembered. The people in Congress in 1798 knew the struggle that they had to get the Constitution. They knew what they meant by the Constitution. They knew how hard Patrick Henry and Mason and patriots like that fought to have a Bill of Rights. And they passed these laws anyway. And Adams, Adams signed it. Adams The second president of the United States signed it, allowed it to become law. Fortunately, Jefferson comes along and pulled him back out immediately. But that was seven years later, and Congress did that. Now, here we are 240 plus years later, and Congress does whatever they want. We don't have people that were there when these things were drafted and ratified. We don't have people today that can remember that. We don't have people in Congress today who heard the debates who actually read the Federalist Papers when they were printed in newspapers. We don't have people in Congress today like that. But what would happen? I really want to know. I want to know somebody else's thoughts and opinions on this. What would happen if we were able to get enough constitutional originalists in our federal government, to have complete control. Let's say we've got a a veto-proof majority of constitutional originalists in both the House and the Senate and a constitutionalist president. We've got all the levers of government under, under our control. All people who truly want to limit government back to the enumerated powers of the Constitution. What would that do to the United States, short-term and long-term? I, I I suspect that's going to be two different answers. I suspect that short-term, it's going to be something very, very bad. But long-term, it would be very good if we managed to be able to keep it. But that's my guess. What's yours? Andy in Texas, line one. Welcome to the show, Andy.
6: Hey, well, thanks for taking my call. No, you know, I mean, I, I give, I give life a lot of thought, and so I, you know, I didn't ask to be on this planet, and I certainly didn't ask to be in this mess that we're in right now, and I didn't ask to have any of this happen to me. But I'm here, and I, and I'm trying to navigate through all of this. Let's call it BS that's going on right now. Does it have to be like this? Do we have to, I mean, because we we have a group of people who call themselves the authorities, and they're authorities to what? They're the authorities to rules and regulations that these people, you know, put together for us. But what is my role? My role. I mean, why do I have to fight my government for my freedom?
1: That's a good point. Like, we shouldn't have to. We should be able to just pay attention and tell them no every now and then, and and that be sufficient. But it doesn't work like that, unfortunately.
6: I know, but the thing is, is that, that that's how far society has gone down. I mean, think of all the stuff that we learned growing up, because there was a society here when we first grew up. There was schools, there was this, there was truancy. If you didn't go to school, you got in trouble. If you, you know, Basically, they said, you're going to be indoctrinated or, or we're going to bust you. You know, right. I, nobody's nobody's able to uh, to free think anymore. And and anybody who does freethink now, we're we're freaks. We we need to be mm-hmm. terminated. We need to be incarcerated. They got to get yep. rid of us. And and herein lies my big concept with with life is that why can't I just? Here's my theory. Here's your freedom. Harm nobody or their property, and you can do whatever the whatever the hell you want.
1: That's a very just libertarian. Don't concept. harm
6: anybody. Uh, just don't harm anybody. Don't hurt their property. Don't hurt them, and then do what you want. And and then they they've got all these different laws that are up. You know, a DUI. You know what? It used to be back in the day where the cop would follow you home just to make sure they knew you were drunk. But they would make yeah. sure you made it home just to follow you. Now, in today's world, boom. Hey, if we even suspect you're drunk, they're going to give you a sobriety test. And perhaps you have a balance problem. It doesn't matter. I smell I, alcohol. Yeah, you know, stuff that. like that.
1: I got pulled over once for a sobriety test. I got pulled over once for a sobriety test, and, and I refused to field the sobriety test. And the officer was like, why are you refusing the sobriety test? I said, because I've had five knee surgeries. I have no balance anymore. Anything you give me having to do with balance, I'm going to fail. Why should I give you that as ammunition that you use in court later? You give me a sobriety test that is about cognitive ability or hand-eye coordination, and I'll consider it. But you add balance to that mix, and no.
6: Well, the obedience of people, the obedience of people, because we we recognize what we call authority Mm -hmm. and authority comes from all these different bureaucrats who are making these new laws and this and that and the other. And we see that as authority. But I, I, you know, I see my life as my life. And why are you so much involved in my life? Why, why, why can you come to me and tell me I got a problem when it's not a problem for anybody else? Right. I got a problem, but it's not—it's yeah. not your problem. It's my problem. You know that's funny, and they want to arrest you for it.
1: Yeah. You're, what, what you've just described is—is is, uh, the Trump lawsuit going on right now in New York City? Exactly. Right. <laughs> they've got they've dr- they the city of New York or the state of New York—I forget which—it doesn't really matter. Has has him in civil court right now, saying that he broke all of these rules in civil court, not. Not a criminal court, in a civil court. But there's no complainant, there's no injured party. The, yeah. bank, he, the, the, yeah. the banks that he dealt with all got paid. They made a profit. Right. Everybody involved yeah. was happy you with the smell-
6: deal. Yeah, there's no victim to any of his crimes that they're bringing up, which which leads me to believe and and take this however you want. Leads me to believe that this is all kind of fodder. They're just giving us something to watch. Why? Why they do this. I don't think he's going to get in trouble whatsoever at all about this stuff. But the point is, is that they're giving us some sort of TV here because, I mean, okay, maybe maybe our courts are that screwed up. Maybe they are going to try to throw him in prison. Maybe they are. I don't know for that fact. But the fact theory? of the matter is, it's so silly. It's so silly what they're doing to this guy right now. It almost makes you feel like you're watching a comedy show.
1: My theory is, they're throwing the book at him, charges and made-up charges, some of which are crimes, some of which are not. Civil court, criminal court, everything they can, just because they know he will win the next election. So they're they're trying. They don't they don't expect him to to actually go to jail. They expect to tie up as much of his time as possible. So he can't campaign. They expect to lose these cases. I'm sorry. They expect to win a case or two, but they do expect to lose them on appeal later. They want something. They want to give him a black eye before the, the big election. They want to keep him busy so he can't campaign and give him a black eye before the election just because he's the front runner on the other side and polls are coming out saying that he would win.
6: So I dabble in a little bit of Alex Jones, and I think it was Monday or Tuesday that Alex Jones came out and said, you know, based on his uh and he's supposedly got some really high up people and stuff. They said that nor Biden or, or uh, Donald Trump will be our candidates in 2024. In fact they might even just cancel the the election at this point because we're in the process of sending our entire world pretty much into the World Health Organization and the WEF and stuff so we're giving it up to NGOs we're giving it up to non-government organizations to run our world and stuff because they're going for the this new world order and stuff. So we may or may not have an election in November, or we may have an election, but it'll be two different candidates besides Biden and Donald Trump, which is just off the hook kind of crazy to us. You know, everything that we're, everything we're listening to on the news and stuff right now, just it, it seems surreal. It's like, what? This is not the way our country was. This is not the way it used to be. It's not the way it is. But it is, it's
1: not and they're changing
6: everything on
1: us. I, I would be perfectly okay if it is neither Biden nor Trump. I would next too. Time I mean, they're both too old, for one. Um, You know, I honestly, I would love to see the vague Ramaswamy versus RFK Jr. Because at that point, Wouldn't I'd be like... Be uh, That'd be great. Like oh, one way I get, I get my constitutionalist kind of guy and the other way, well, I get an old school Democrat who still believes in law and the constitution. Uh,
6: and sovereignty.
1: Yeah. And sovereignty and freedom.
6: All right. Andy. Yeah, but I, I, Thank you for your time, sir. Appreciate you.
1: Thank you, sir. It's almost time. It's almost, uh, Yeah, You know, you'd think that after four years in the radio, I speak a little better than this from time to time. We're coming up to the last commercial. It's almost the end of the show. And, well, I don't know. I think I'm done giving away books for a little while. So thank you very much to everybody who entered. Um, You can keep entering. Maybe I'll do it every now and then. But uh, I don't have plans to do it every week like I've been doing. If you are listening live on Republic Broadcasting Network, please stay tuned for Edge of Darkness, which I've regretted. I want to thank Brent and Tamara, my guests this evening. Thank you, Mike, my producer, could do the show without you. Thank you, listeners and callers. You're why we do this show. Until next week, protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America. It's the
6: least we can do for the red,
5: white, and blue.
6: We must take the merit prof. We must take the
5: merit prof.
1: I'm proud to be partnering with Cedar Mill Fine Firearms. Cedar Mill Fine Firearms does some of the coolest firearms cases you'll find anywhere. Have you ever wanted to carry your AR-15 discreetly? How about a rifle case that looks like a guitar case until you open it up? Go to cedarmillfirearms.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE the next time you're looking for a cleaning kit or a case to carry your firearms. That's cedarmillfirearms.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE. If you call yourself a conservative, I have a question for you. What are you trying to conserve? The $29 trillion national debt and the continued out-of-control spending? The status quo of a bloated and corrupt federal government? The deterioration of a moral society? Become a constitutionalist. Conserve the unalienable rights of we the people and the document that is supposed to restrict our government and protect our rights. Support the Constitution Party, the only nationally recognized political party that stands for the founding principles of the U.S. Constitution. Every point of the Constitution Party platform is tied directly to that founding document which made the United States a great nation. Learn more, join, and support the Constitution Party at ConstitutionParty.com or your state's Constitution Party website. Meal delivery kits are very convenient, but man, are they expensive. That's where every plate comes in. Every plate is only four dollars and ninety-nine cents a portion. If you go to liberty-lighthouse.com slash every I'll get you a great introductory offer, knocking that first box down to a dollar seventy-nine a portion, and then three ninety-nine a portion for the next two boxes, saving you sixty-two dollars just for trying every plate that's liberty-lighthouse.com slash every plate the next time you're looking for audio equipment i want you to think m-a-o-n-o that's right maono.com is quality audio equipment at affordable prices the maono caster that i use for all of my broadcasting is one third of the price of the more famous alternative on the market microphone stands cables headphones audio interface equipment all at Mayono.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE. That's the code LIGHTHOUSE at M-A-O-N-O.com. Mike Lindell did it again with mystore.com. mystore.com is where you can go to find American-made products from American companies started by American entrepreneurs. Use the code LIGHTHOUSE at mystore.com to support Mike Lindell, American entrepreneurs, and this program. That code again is Lighthouse at MyStore.com. Hello, I'm political commentator Peter Serif. I entered the political world by writing a short book titled Progress Really. Progress Really is a short book, one man's view of social progress in his own lifetime. A common sense observation designed to make you ask yourself, when does progress stop being progress? Order your copy for less than $10 wherever books are sold or at liberty-lighthouse.com books. If you live stream, I want you to check out Restream. Restream is how this broadcast is being simultaneously sent to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, DLive, and Rumble. Not only that, but your guests can also pair their video platforms with your broadcast and have your broadcast on your platforms and their platforms all at the same time. Go to liberty-lighthouse.com restream and I'll save you $10 off for the premium service that I know you're going to want. That's liberty-lighthouse.com restream.
2: At Romica Designs, we're more than just a laser engraving and specialty design company, much more. I'm Ron Phillips, co-owner of Romica Designs, and we're honored to work with our affiliates like Liberty Lighthouse to bring you professional laser engraving and customization. Great for one-of-a-kind gifts, home decor, business and specialty items, or personalized and logo designs created just for you or your company. Allow Romica Designs and Liberty Lighthouse to become your go-to gift and specialty project partner. Romica Designs can help make your ideas a reality. We're ready to help you design and create that special gift for any occasion or engrave your personal or business logo on just about any product. All you have to do is simply email us with your ideas. We specialize in custom design and we'd be honored to have the opportunity to discuss it with you. Visit us on the web at romicadesigns.com and use promo code LIGHTHOUSE during checkout to support Liberty Lighthouse with Peter Serafine.
1: Nobel Prize nominated for his COVID-19 treatment protocols. The late Dr. Zelenko created Z-Stack to help boost your immune system. And when you order Z-Stack, you're not only boosting your immune system, you're also supporting Freedom Fighters Foundation. So boost your immune system by going to zstacklife.com and use the code LIGHTHOUSE. Be healthier. Support the Freedom Fighters Foundation. Use the code LIGHTHOUSE at zstacklife.com.